You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 123. Coming to you from the past. A long time ago past. Yeah. So if you listened to last week's episode, then you, this will be no surprise this week that we are so excited to have Sam Dancer with us. And we originally met Sam at the Kalo booth at the CrossFit Games. Pretty much was just love at first sight. It really was. We instantly connected with him. They introduced him to us and he was like, where can we record? Let's go right now. He wanted wanted to go just like leave the games and go record right that moment. It was so cute. he, He literally was like right out of the bat was like, I have so much to talk about yeah it was really cute <laughs> and little did we know he has so much so to talk <laughs> much to talk about we love sam i think you guys will really enjoy this i don't think it's like any interview we've ever done i would definitely agree with that yeah so yeah. it's very different and but in a good way it's in a like, good way and sam it's so and we talk a little bit about this in the interview it's so interesting sam is kind of is like a little bit of an enigma he is comes off as being very very goofy very very playful and he totally is but at the same time barely one layer down is this very very thoughtful intentional so thoughtful very cerebral person who is just aching to like get at your core right away and so. just wants to put so much love into the world it's palpable yeah. The best. So we think you'll really like this. And as you guys always know, this episode, our podcast is sponsored by Kalo, Q-A-L-O dot com. This episode, especially because Sam Dancer is a Kalo athlete too. He's a Kalo athlete and he rocks the Kalo. He rocks the Q-A-L-O, the Q to the A to the L to the O. <laughs> and if you didn't catch our awesome uh, Foxfire announcement last week, where have you been? They have a ring now that has the, what is it, Claire? I'm going to let you say oh, the word. Pho- photoluminescence. Yes. Which is sort of like bioluminescence, which is like when jellyfish can light up. That's bioluminescence. So you can be like kind of like a light up jellyfish with your Foxfire Kilo ring. Check out their Instagram posts because they have the most amazing photos of these photoluminescent rings. It's kind of like a flashlight in the dark. For like a second. And then you could also... Five to seven minutes, it's really bright. Get your discount. Go to QALO.com. Enter code GGW. That gets you 15% off your order. And that supports the podcast. So support the podcast by supporting Kalo and everyone wins. So we're going to get on to this episode and thank you so much for your support. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and you can find us on any of your favorite podcast app. There's a million of them now. Remember to leave a review if you like what you hear. That also supports us and gets us bumped up in the ratings so people can find us easier. Hashtag so famous. Hashtag so famous. And we love your reviews. We read every single review. So thank you so much. They make us laugh so hard. Every time I read a review, I'm dying laughing laughing because it's so great (laughs) and you can find us on twitter and facebook and all that good stuff instagram social media please follow us let us know who you are say hello we like to meet the people our tribe if you will our what's the word squad our squad like taylor like oh squad goals oh my gosh can you imagine (laughs) being a part of her squad no that would be amazing yeah well let's get on with the episode we hope you guys enjoy it and claire and i will be back next week with an episode with just us (laughs) all right here we go Dancer pants available. Rock and roll. (laughs) I'm looking for dancer pants. (laughs) This is him speaking. I'm looking for a specific (laughs) yellow nail polish that I have been unable to find, but I saw on Instagram that you have it on. So where do you find that color? Yellow's yellow's hard to come by. Especially that like that that like buttery canary looking yellow. Totally. Is like the most impossible color to find. And the color that I actually had on was a mood changing gel shellac polish that I had on and it changes colors from I don't know a, an equally vibrant orange into that uh, kind of canary looking yellow you just blew our minds both yeah, of us just looked like, at each other what? like whoa wait you got yeah. that because you get it done at the salon right like you don't mess around oh uh, yeah 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 we there's no other way to to get something like that done than to have someone else who specializes in that field provide you with that service so what is the mood that changes with the nail polish like have you Uh found a pattern of like when i'm really really being aggressive with my (laughs) lifting and being really aggressive with my coaching it turns like a fiery orange you know (laughs) I, i i found it had very little to do with my levels of aggression and more so to do with just external temperature being cold <laughs> oh man right 
Wouldn't that be what great if you could if you could really have just a good idea as to what someone's attitude was like just by the color <laughs> of their nails? That's that actually be... a really good idea. What does yeah. what does pink say? Yeah, I have uh-oh. like bubblegum pink on. Better right go now. in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I'll just leave you alone right now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, thank you for being back with us. And we uh, recorded originally an episode that the world will never hear because <laughs> our lovely computer decided to eat the episode and take it to a place that we couldn't find it. So Sam has been generous to give us some more time. And we are going to probably talk about some things that we talked about in our private conversation. But y'all are just going to have to catch up because... <laughs> That's just how it goes. Just imagine. Yeah, just imagine. We'll, definitely, we'll definitely do our best to try not to reference back to that without at least presenting, you know, the general context as to what that conversation was and 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 what it was that we actually kind of dove into. So yeah. we'll do our best to try not to leave people, you know, suspended uh, <laughs> up in up in the interwebs as to what what the hell are we even talking about? Yeah, but I loved what you said before we hit record of how this is just going to be a conversation that, or or our conversation really was a lesson in just kind of letting things happen and being and failing and yeah. <laughs> Which we talked about a lot. We really talked about that. And then we had a big fat failure of the <laughs> episode just kind of disappearing. So oh, well. so thank you. And we met Sam at, well, we kind of followed Sam before we met him in person yes. at the uh, CrossFit Games. But I think everyone saw the video at the CrossFit Games of Sam and Claire doing the belly dance, which was fantastic. Pretty epic. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think that, that was, was pretty a favorite e- epic. Moment. Sam, how did you get hooked up with doing all the, um, like the hosting and the, the emceeing of all those events is that uh, just know, through Kalo? I think they had gotten to know me well enough over time through just the you know we spoke a lot on just through email and on the phone and I've met them a couple times in person uh, especially while I was out in San Francisco playing with the the fire and the grid but I think uh, just through that they thought that I would I would be a a good personality for that, a good fit for that. I would assume just because our quick little phone calls would end up turning into these hour chats and, uh, you know, uh, deliberating and, and just going on into these deep holes that had nothing to do with what our original conversation was intended to be about. So I can't imagine uh, you doing that at all. Yeah. <laughs> you diving deep into conversation? That's what we love about you. Yeah. <laughs> But that's kind of what we we originally just hit it off when we met you at the Kalo tent and you were just like, we were talking about women's issues and us being a a podcast for women regarding CrossFit and you were like, we need to, let's record like right now. Like, let's sit down. Like, where where can we record right this moment? And we immediately connected with you because we knew that you truly felt passionate about talking about women-specific topics in CrossFit and I guess at least just weightlifting. So we can dive yeah. into that a little more. But talk a little bit first about you originally kind of started, you have a football background, right? That's correct. Yeah, and so, then and then you kind of crossed over into CrossFit after football. Yeah, more or less. I mean, as soon as as soon as football was over, there was a an immediate identity issue, and and I was very aware of that, and I was upset about it. I don't know. I just kind of freaked out, and I just started trying all sorts of different things, and tried doing sales. I tried doing like physique stuff, anything and everything. I was just poking at it and trying to figure out like, oh my gosh, who am I? And through that, I realized that who I am and what defines me isn't necessarily, if I'm playing football, I don't have to be defined as a football player. If I'm doing physique, I don't have to be defined as um, someone who does physique. If I'm doing CrossFit, I don't have to be defined as a CrossFitter. And and really, I think what defines you is kind of your spirit, your mindset, your character, and, and what you believe in, and, and how hard you work at just developing those things, and, and just honoring those things, and, and being progressive with them until the day that you die and I think that's how you you truly kind of define yourself so that would be a, a, a very important message that I would provide to anyone that is is at a crossroads as to like you know what should I be doing that should be defining me like that's a bad place to be but more so just kind of looking inside into this like metaphorical heart, if you will, and, and looking deep into that and, and getting your validation as to 
who you are, uh, which will, I think, provide you with the answers as to what it is you should be doing. So make sure you don't define yourself as as some sort of singular uh, modality and, and CrossFit or physique or as just a mother. Like you're, you're so more than that. And, and you have this amazing spirit and this amazing mind and, and, and it links it to your body in which you can kind of demonstrate that belief system and whatnot. So don't do what I did. Don't define yourself as a football player or any, any, or any other single thing. But wouldn't you say that's kind of a growing up thing too? I mean, I just turned 38 last week and I've been thinking a lot about how, you know, we can sit here and if I would have heard some of this in my 20s, I don't know if I would have heard it the same way as I'm hearing it, you know, almost 40. Claire always laughs because I'm always like, I'm almost 40. I'm on the slippery side to 40. I'm like, Joy, you're 38. Like if if you were turning 40, like later this year, I'll be fine. But I think that's a, that might be a woman thing because my, I I don't know if you guys do that to kind of set yourself up. So you don't feel bad when you actually get right. that age. Because like, well, my just wife gonna, yeah. is always a year ahead of what <laughs> she actually is. Totally. Well, I'm like, it's just, I mean, which is really silly. But but my point being is like, I hear you and I understand that. And I think there's so much that I've realized of really the journey of life and the importance of life is not to find those external goals and not to completely you know, rely on the external, rely on the achievements, rely on the outer stuff, but to really... And the labels and the, yeah. Right. But then to, but then to create in, intrinsic goals. Yeah, intrinsic goals. But my perspective really is the purpose of life is to become the best version of yourself that you can and to base it off of those experiences, not to gain material things or look good externally. I don't know. So I think that that's a really important thing that you just said about don't make it about those defining things on the outside of really looking at as developing yourself as a better person and how can you continue to become a better person? Yeah, and, and it's we're in a really, in my opinion, a really crappy time in society. And I, I don't really have much to compare that to because I wasn't around like in the, you know, the, the, night, the early 1900s or anything. But and to, to my perception, I, I feel like we're in this very toxic time. And, and in this time, we're expected to like define ourselves at like such an early age. If you're not defining yourself, then typically what ends up happening is, is others will, do it for you and and they'll mold you in to believing that you're something that you aren't and a lot of times people kind of fall prey to that and I, I think it is a, a really an important message to to be able to share with people that you do not want to become something that you're not whether we're talking on like a I don't know a scientific level or a um, or a spiritual level or whatever like you don't want to become something that you are not designed to do and and you don't want to sacrifice you know what you you are to be to inherit you know the that mask or costume or whatnot of, of what someone else wants you to be and I think that's why you like to present yourself one of the reasons why you like to present yourself the way you do with the nail polish and the flare and all the fun things that you wear is to kind of make people question that is that right yeah absolutely first I think that it is important for me to to meet head-on with what a lot of people think that like hey you're just doing that to get attention and very much so I am am doing these I guess kind of flamboyant and, and loud things to, to get people to, to look over in my direction because I'm, I'm very aware that I have I have leverage in in this subculture of fitness which this culture is, is very small but compared to you know and, and this might sound kind of a jerk thing to say but Compared to like the same type of leverage, say that like Tom Brady or Tony Romo or, or some sort of like marquee athlete in any other subculture uh, of sports or, or politics or whatnot, I also have that similar notoriety here and I can use that for good. And so that, that attention, that marquee status, I'm using both of those to share messages with people. And I think that is a very important thing for people with that type of status to recognize about themselves is that they have so much leverage to make a very positive message. It doesn't have to be like the only way, but you have an opportunity to convey positive, loving, 
messages. So let's go ahead and dive in a little bit to that perspective in terms of, you know, the very first thing that you brought up to us when we met you at the games was, you know, I I have this somewhat um, controversial opinion about the way that women are treated and are are spoken to and are encouraged in the CrossFit world. And, um, you know, I really think that it's an important issue. We should talk about it. And really what it came down to was you saying, you know, I feel like in so many words, women are unnecessarily coddled and are really given un kind of sort of undeserving praise and that that is an artificial way to sort of you know get them to a place that they don't really that they haven't earned and therefore it's not doing them any favors whatsoever no not at all i think i called them uh, confidence band-aids yes so let's talk about that. So, you know, obviously you have a lot of experience coaching, you own your own gym. And so let's just kind of dive into what that issue is, how you see it manifesting and, you know, what disservices you think it's doing the female athlete community. So because we've already had this conversation, I feel like we can we can definitely cover it uh, much quicker. But it, on a simple level, what I'm seeing today, and, and this is both in this subculture of, of fitness and sport and everything else, is what you have typically the men I think last time I was kind of hard on us men I was like I don't know if it's just because we're stupid or like we don't care or because we always have this attitude like oh yeah I'll do that I can do that and we don't waste a ton of time coddling men and, and telling them like hey you're strong and you're beautiful and people like you and you can do this like if you said that to a guy, we'd be like, "We shut up! Like, let's get to business." <laughs> you'd be like, um, "It'd be like Han Solo, like, yeah, I know." <laughs> yeah, like, uh, okay, so I knew that. Um, but um, go on. <laughs> so what happens there is the men aren't wasting a lot of time trying to build each other up like that. And what happens is they end up getting all of the skill sets in all sorts of realms. So let's just, let's talk about maybe the probability of a young woman and a young man reaching this presidential status in like a corporate company. And they both have uh, same the same sex mentor or or it, it doesn't even matter either way same sex opposite sex the woman is traditionally given these little bouts of confidence like hey you you can do this you can be the president of this company uh, because you're a strong woman and w- they waste so much time talking about that whereas the guy is over there like saying okay tell me more like I want to know about this business How, what are the skill sets that I need to have to be able to uh, achieve this presidential status and and they're over there getting to work because the guy doesn't care to hear that he's good and and he's pretty and he's strong he's like just tell me the information that I need to develop my skill, thus being able to one day achieve this presidential status. And and that's kind of the what I'm noticing is that women are being told they can do it and men are being told how to do it. Yeah, and I think that the um the you know, another way that you explained it was that women are being taught confidence while men are being taught the skills Skill. that will give them confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't teach confidence by just telling them that they are confident. The right. only way that you can truly have confidence is to develop skill. Yeah, and master a task. Absolutely, yeah. even basic ones. And you gave an example um, about the way you coach, really. And can you share that again? I, I can't remember the movement. Double unders. Double unders where you're like, no, you were doing this. <laughs> Well, yes. I think that kind of also, just to back up a little bit, one of the things that when I hear you describe this, the first question that comes to my mind is like, yeah, that's great in theory. But, you know, if you have a woman in the gym who is so timid and so nervous that she won't even pick up a barbell, you know, how do you bridge that gap yeah. between, you know, giving her that nudge and saying, listen, you can do this versus where is that line drawn before yeah. you begin to give her false confidence? Right. And I, I think that's where that's where a good leader comes in and a good coach comes in and I'll kind of talk about the good coaches, good leaders and whatnot. And a good coach has the ability to convey a, a universally interpreted message. So uh, whether they're 80, 40, 20 or 10, skinny, fully functioning or, or some sort of disability, they have an ability to convey a message to all those people. So that's that universally interpreted message. So there's a good coach is really good at that. And then they know how to put people in a position to be successful. And that's where we start to tail into what a good leader is. And, and a good leader is someone 
that is is creating the conditions in which others are able to motivate themselves from within. And I think a good coach needs to be coupled with good leadership. And that makes like this mecca coach. And what I'm doing, obviously right now, I guess I'm putting myself on a pedestal, which is pretty ridiculous. But I am confident with my abilities because I'm seeing the results. I'm seeing people who are starting, we'll talk double-unders again. All right, guys, we're going to do double-unders today. And then I'm seeing someone go from tears of sadness and disappointment and anxiety and whatnot because they can't do double-unders and they believe they can't do double-unders and think that they will never get double-unders. And I'm creating the conditions in which that same individual is able to go from that to getting the double-under. And I am not achieving the double-under which is the awesome thing about this too, that I am just facilitating conditions in which they are doing it on their own. And that is what we need. So then as a coach, I know that our listener base has a lot of relatively new level ones in there. And, you know, as a coach, if you're think- sitting there thinking to yourself, man, I really would love to be, you know, to be able to do that for my athletes. What's your thought process? How do you start with that? You know, how do you, how do yeah, you like lead pretend your like coaches? I'm a woman walking in with like zero confidence in my whole life. I've been really kind of coddled and treated with kid gloves, if you will. What would you say to me? This is great because I do this on a daily basis. So as soon as someone walks through my door, man or woman, the conversation is I have it pretty well down pat. What ends up happening is we we have them fill out just a, a general assessment, uh, general health assessment. And then at the bottom of this assessment, there's a couple questions uh, that are really important questions. And this is where we end up transferring over into our consultation part. And, and the questions are like, what are your goals? What are your obstacles? And what brings you to complete joy? And, and it's through those things that we end up getting to dig up a lot of scary things that nobody likes to talk about. <laughs> and, and this is kind of the conversation that I end up having with a lot of people. And we are a Christian facility, so I've had to try to find ways of making sure that I'm speaking in a way that is me trying to be more Christ-like. And a Christian would be able to recognize that. And someone who isn't a Christian, I'm not going to freak them out. And so it, it kind of starts off with just talking about your mindset and your thought and making sure that these individuals try truly know what you think and how you repeat what you think, that physically occupies space in your head and making sure that they legitimately believe that because it's true. Like that is science. Like when you think something, you create it, you know, when you think something with your mind, you create that in your brain and it occupies actual physical measurable space. And so every second of our lives, we're, we're changing the structure of our brain by what we what we choose to think. And I'm, I'm letting them know how important it is for them to start training their thoughts thoughts the way that they want to be and letting them know like by train I mean to repeat it to the point that it becomes subconscious and and regularly displayed activity with their like their physical demonstrations of of their body and like what comes out of their mouth and we we start to talk about just conscious efforts because we're so detached and conscious decision making and and what is required uh, which which is required of, of you when when you start to train these like good positive thoughts and letting them know that they're going to have to actively choose right or wrong, good or bad, positive or negative, clean, dirty, uh, love, hate with the types of changes that they're going to want to make typically relative to their fitness and, and that their like their repetitive choice is what's going to set the foundation of what their actions are going to be in the future. What's the response that you get? Because I don't know. Tears. You, yeah. And I, Tears. But I, I, also, I would say 90% of the people I consult cry. And how do you feel that they are able to put that into practice like it that's a hard thing to change that's a really slim yeah slim to none they don't believe that their mind is designed to control their body right and and it's not the other way around like matt like right like this is true this is not just like metaphorical shit matter does not control you like you control 
matter through your your thinking and, and your choosing. And that doesn't mean that you can control events and circumstances, all right? Like you're not like some sorcerer. No, uh, yeah. But it, it, what it does mean is is that you can control your reactions to things. And, and that's a really powerful thing. You know, if you can learn to control your reactions and the, and, and the way that you're thinking, you can literally do anything. And the outcome and the result of things, the outcome and the result of your circumstances and the events that you're faced with will be profoundly different if you have a shit attitude or a good attitude. Yeah. So do you, are you pretty quick to call people out in the gym about that stuff since you are, are so big on having that be a piece of the gym? Yeah. People yeah. cry a lot. Really? <laughs> a lot. It's probably, you know, it's like a lot of breakthroughs and I get it. I'm a therapist. I can see how people, I mean, CrossFit was very emotional for me when I first started doing it and I would cry all the time, but it was more of, you know, pushing through fears, pushing through struggles. But yeah, I mean, if you're really honing in on that for people, I can imagine oh, it's even it's, more it gets amped up. It's saucy, man, because I had a girl hanging from a pull-up bar and I was like, get hollow and she's like i can't i don't have abs and i freaking ripped her ass off that freaking pull-up bar and i just laid into her and i was like quit making yourself a victim of your shitty thoughts and you need to start controlling those thoughts because they have a physical change i and she was just like she was speechless man she was just so in tears but then after that she she had this kind of i don't know this revelation she's like you're right i mean there's really something powerful about calling people out on their shit right in the moment oh yeah no one does it they don't like it it. no 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 one likes it but the cool thing is again i have this they don't know me as what i'm known for in this community but i do have respect in my gym they don't know that i'm in anything in crossfit they don't know that I've done anything outside yeah. of what I'm doing with them. When I bury into them like that and like let them know that the way that they react to their circumstances is the only way, if they're doing it positive, is the only way that they're going to change their shape, their health, and the quality of their life. Although it seems very abrasive, I end up becoming very peaceful and making sure that they know and they're at that at the end of the conversation, they know that I'm coming from a place of love and my judgment and critique is not to hurt them, but to let them know that they need to let peace rule their mind and their body so that they can experience those positive things, that positive love, what those things will, will do for you. And and it's it's profound and and i'm using the adaptive community to prove these theories to show them i had a meeting tonight with two young men who have down syndrome we sat down i said to them do you guys know what down syndrome is and they said yes i said do you guys know that you have down syndrome and they said yes i said do you guys know the symptoms both medically and uh, socially, you're told to have. And and they did, and we, and we talked about those things. I said, what of those things do you not like? What do you not like, in essence, about yourself because of Down syndrome? And they said things like they didn't like their uh, attention span. They didn't like their ability, I guess, their disability to speak well, their disability to not do math well, their disability to not feel accepted. And I mean, and and there were some other things in there. And and at the end of it, I say, do you want to change these things? For a second, they don't believe that that's possible. But then I, I let them know that it is possible. And I assure them that if they want to talk better, that we're going to talk better. And if you want to have a better attitude and a better focus, on your attitude, we can improve that. Like you are not a victim of Down syndrome. I cannot change the fact that you have an additional chromosome, but I can change your genetics and what you currently are. In the same way, like if I were to start feeding all of you guys a predominant carb dense diet, you would adapt to that. That is a physical adaptation, genetic adaptation. If you guys were to reproduce, you would pass those genes on. But if I were to not feed you carbs and just feed you fat and protein, you would adapt to that and you would have unzipped a different gene, if you will, and you would now have that instead of the other one. So you can make genetic changes in people and and making sure like these young men know if they want to get better focus, you can get better focus, but we're going to have to focus on that. They give me so much optimism for humanity in my community because they're doing these things. We have these meetings regularly. When you're working with, so really this kind of goes 
goes, this mentality goes for everyone that comes through your gym, right? So men, women, and in more or less, they're practicing it and they know what to expect every time they walk in the door. And so it's that practice in and of itself will carry on into their lives and, you know, the rest of their life, hopefully that mentality of shifting that mentality, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty powerful. Your brain is ridiculous. It's so powerful. It's it's unreal. No, your brain is ridiculous. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, yours is. Are you giving me a compliment? I'm kidding. So, okay. Can I shift gears for one second? Something came up today that I saw that I thought you would be a really good sounding board for. So I am really bothered by the constant message and the constant posting and the constant everything that's interfaced about. Women are learning to celebrate the strength of their bodies. And through CrossFit, they're learning to celebrate how their shape- What their bodies can do. What their bodies can do and how they're strong now. And, you know, strength over skinny. And okay, I get like the first maybe five minutes of that was okay, but I am so sick of us focusing on how our bodies are being appreciated. Like we don't sit and there's nothing about men that's like men are learning to embrace their curves. Like there's just <laughs> there's it drives I get How do you it. feel about your curves, Sam? I it's driving I, me crazy. I just I I had a moment today where I, I saw I this. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> See, you don't think about that because it's not a deal. Like I feel like the more we make it a deal, the more we have to continue to focus on our form. It's almost yeah. like doing the reverse by constantly posting about all these things of how we're supposed to be celebrating our strength now. And girls can have muscles. It's like stop focusing on our bodies. Like it drives yeah. me crazy. Yeah. It's it kind of goes back to you know me playing football. My body is not my identity. And we already kind of discussed this and we're being told that is your identity and that is not a good precedent to set. So the people who are kind of saying these things, it makes you kind of question like, do they even know who they are? If you're preaching that, that makes me kind of a little worried that we should be defining ourselves by our physical and external identity which is not at all who we are. Now, that's not to say that there's not importance and value in being diligent with your body and making it healthy and making it look a way that is representative of your internal identity. And, and this is sound a little bad. You can look at someone who might be a little shit out of shape and you might be able to collect, not entirely, but you might be able to collect some data as to what what it is that's going on inside of their heart and their mind and not 100% at all because I have people that come in my gym who who weigh three 400 pounds and they're like that much overweight you are 200 pounds overweight we have to fix this and through those meetings with these individuals yeah they they have their essence is beautiful when you get to the core of them they are amazing beautiful powerful and capable human beings but there's just something some little inhibitor in the way that is keeping them from seeing that they fall prey to so much and i think too it's a lot of the comparison right like i I get it and i'm not trying to poo-poo like social media and crap like that i know that's the world we live in but even like i'm not going to get political but one of the the debates last week i'm not going to name names but someone (laughs) one of the male candidates made a comment about one of the woman candidates about how like oh i think you're beautiful or you're a very lovely woman after they had had this argument over something and i was fuming because i'm like how dare you comment on her looks after that it was like this that's a slap that's, no, like, that's a huge slap in the face so like, no one would comment like, on a man's you looks always, in these freaking debates yeah like, you always have to say like she's as strong as she is beautiful yeah or you know she's as she's beautiful on the inside and the outside it's like why do you even have to go uh, there the way that honestly the way that I kind of interpret that without knowing exactly what it is the hell you're talking about (laughs) is is he was reducing her he absolutely was and reducing her down you knew who it was you would to only being that what he said he's like it's like it's kind of like saying good thing you're pretty because you're freaking stupid good thing you got that because (laughs) all the content of the other stuff that we talked about right just brushes it under the table just the fact that it was brought up just made me fume and i think that's just kind of a hot button because i see it it's it's one of those things where you just it's so big that you just don't really know how to tackle it other than us being ambassadors for being healthy and happy and develop being your best self and all that crap. But like all that crap. All that crap. I think we've all kind of struggled with how to fit in and how to be 
comfortable with ourselves you know, inside and out and yeah. to not compare. And I think comparison really, really, really is what... Well, and even just to go back to like one of the very, very first things you talked about in this episode where, you know, you're saying that we live in a time in society that is kind of just real shit. And I think that when it comes down to it, the thing that I see that's the most different about our current time versus any other time in the past is the 24-7 insight into other people's lives and the 24-7 temptation and, you know, just availability of comparison and of looking at what other people are doing and of constantly being updated about whether it's your best friend from high school on Facebook or whether it's some crossfit athlete that you've never even met. When you see their lives just broadcast 24-7, you can't help but compare yourself to a degree. You're very right that there's a lot of predators, if you will, out there. A lot of things that we fall prey to. And unfortunately, it has to do with what we're spending the majority of our time doing. And it's this social media media crap man and it's just it's such an inhibitor man it's blocking and not only is it an inhibitor but the majority of crap that you see on social media and and on the news media it's so it's so bad and negative and and disgusting and horrible and, and, I that don't, is not, that's and not fake, and, fake. <laughs> and i yeah and i don't mean to like bring it down or bring it back to therapy but i see patients every single day that have a lot of depression and tons of anxiety because of this surge in social media and news it's ridiculous and even kids i work with a lot of teens and they're just completely inundated and i'm like yeah it's it's, it's a big problem so i don't need to so, go off on that uh, tangent but i think it's just no, more no, of like this is good stuff because i mean i, I too I, we're kind of joking about it like me being a therapist but i am i'm working with people on a very regular basis daily basis who have anxiety issues who have depression who have sleep issues. We are not at all designed for those things. It's I think it's really important for people to know like whether we're looking at it in a, like a biblical way or an ancestral way. You, we were made pretty damn good. We like the the human body like itself is pretty amazing. We were born generally speaking, yeah, we could have some genetic predisposition that, you know, our parents could have screwed up for us. In most cases like we're born with a sound mind and we operate in love that's clearly shown with children very young children if you watch them they're pretty clear and they they're so happy and they love and that's some powerful stuff and i think if people can get you know the people who are depressed and the people who have anxiety issues once they can understand how they were made to be they will then be able to know their purpose and be able to like fulfill their destiny of becoming what we've already been discussing a perfect you and we're, again we're in this society that is kind of being a pussy right now and saying like oh like you can't be perfect and it's you so can't like, like and, and that's bullshit a lot like, of people yeah a lot of people will come in my office and they'll go i just never thought i'd be here where i am at 40 or 45 or 50 or whatever the age i just never thought i'd be here i'm like well where'd you think you would be like you have this idea you have this perception of how your life should unfold and that's exactly the problem is that you can't live that way and then when you said that, like when you said, I didn't think I would be here, that seems, when I hear that, I feel like the way it's being conveyed is like you're stuck. And, exactly. and like, and if you don't want to be there, then you need to realize that you need to quit being passive lazy and stagnant there's no reason if you don't want to be there then don't freaking be there do something about it i'm all fired up now i know <laughs> we just made you mad yeah no i i get it and that's a lot of the beauty of how you coach is really to call them out i don't think i think you have a good position to do that because it's not personal you're doing your job my guess is people really need that and if they react poorly in the moment i guarantee you they're thinking about it later and i think there's nothing better than planting a seed for someone that they we keep thinking we about fix it right there i don't know that i've ever had an instance where we've had to separate like they had to go home or i had to leave if there's an issue that was being demonstrated physically and being vocalized like say for instance they have a bad hollow body position and i show them and tell them how to fix it 
and then they verbalize to me that they can't do it because they don't have abs, we're going to settle this right, right now. Right here. The gloves are yeah. coming off right now. Right this instant. And sometimes it takes a little extra time. I, I don't know that I've ever had a, a complete shit show that was not settled within that very moment. That's how it should be, right? Why yeah. let it Why let it linger and become passive aggressive? That's like the we, worst. <laughs> we definitely kind of, I don't want to, I call it a screening process. But the way that people get to the point of being in our CrossFit class, they're going through a lot of mental and physical training to set them up to be receptive to those instances. So the, the odds are you're not going to get into our CrossFit class. I'm not going to have the type of people that aren't going to be able to deal with that at that moment because of the, the screening process that we kind of have. Right, the way you, so, you run your consultations. Yeah. And it, it kind of sucks because I wish I could take everybody and I wish I could just help everyone. But I want to screen these people to find out, to find the one. The, the way that we're screening, we're just making sure that we're getting people who are ready. And, and they're ready to think right. And they're ready to, to work with us, which is really important because we like we screen in the, in the, in the fashion. And we, we seriously ask them, we're like, how do you want to change? Do you want to work kind of hard? Would you rather just have someone do it for you? Like we're finding out if these people are legitimate candidates to change. And they, the ones that aren't, they just, I've, I don't know that I've really seen many people make it through that process. So does that process just come from your own experience of not wanting other people to kind of fall into that place of like finding their identity in, in a single activity or is it in a single, you know, single spot or, you know, why is that, I guess as a gym owner, why is that important to you? Because I feel like so many other gyms, probably most other gyms, you know, if you walk through the door and you seem like you're generally willing to commit and you're generally willing to sign a contract, then they're generally going to let you come to the come yeah. to the gym. We used to be that way and that was the day that we were overly concerned with our finances and now we have kind of not that we're not concerned about that we looked at our business like our model and and we looked at like our mission statement we decided that we want to make a difference in our community and if we're truly going to make a difference that means we're going to have to help change people now i can't change people that aren't ready to think the right way and change. By doing that screening, it has nothing to do with identity and me worried that they might define themselves just as this. It just, it's its kind of, and this sounds bad, I just don't want to waste my time with the people who I could, basically, I could be spending my time developing people that want to progressively develop and change and think well. And when I develop, when we uh, develop that type of person, when we start making someone be like this, that's that downstream effect. That's by creating and building this person up because of the conditions that we are presenting them with, they now have an ability to do the same thing that we've helped them do to other people, thus creating legitimate communal change. And creating, going back to the, you know the, our very first topic, creating then that legitimate confidence versus that kind of Band-Aid confidence. I have, I have a question It's a little bit, I, because this is, I would say this is a very unique and specialized way of coaching and thinking and doing, but it's bringing them all, all together. And I know you compete now with the more professional athletes. Do you feel like this is, Something the that more you, professional ones, the more professional, the less professional ones. Does it also exist in the professional realm? This lack of confidence or this lack of thinking positive, like, do you bump up against that with the professional? Even with the professional level athletes, yeah, yeah. I actually, um, you know, fun story, and one I will keep kind of hidden, and the other we'll actually talk about at regionals, for instance. And you might have to stay with me a little bit on this. I don't know that you'll see the direct correlation immediately. And I, I love this girl, so she came off after an event and she threw a water bottle across the room and and started yelling some curse words and whatnot and, and I went over to her and I freaking I grabbed her ass by her shirt right like a, my coach would have grabbed me in college by my face mask and I was just like what are you doing dude listen to yourself who are you defining yourself as that you really think that acting like that is of any value and I was like look 
at all the people up in the stands right now looking at you. You're some freaking crazy woman. You have a lot of people, even in the, I call it professional, whatever, in, in the professional level, the elite level, that have some serious identity issues and they don't really like know what they're doing. They're super lost and they've placed all of their value in a physical attainment. If they don't get on the podium, the world is over. Like their physical failures are something that's really hindering their development because they're not they're not able to see how awesome it is and it sucks because we can't really measure this but full effort it really truly is full victory and we're in a day right now too where, where people are so afraid of quitting and so afraid of failure. Yeah. I, I have never, I'll tell you this, I have never ever had a single person quit my gym, but I have not retained every single person that I've brought in. So what I'm getting at is people always want to tell me some sort of bullshit excuse oh. as to why they can't go anymore. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah. They, they, I've never, ever, ever had anyone tell me, ah, I just can't do it. It always is like, hey, I'm going to, I got a vacation coming up or, hey, I'm going to go, you know, nurse my shoulder and never see him again. It's, it's all bull crap. And, and with some of these higher level athletes, they're not able to, to place value in in their efforts and it's it's really kind of sad in my opinion the gradient the greatest podium finish that you can have as an athlete or or just a human being in general is knowing without a doubt and with full conviction whatever you did out there was every bit of what you could have done at that moment therefore in my opinion is perfection which is funny because all these things are really really good tools to use in life like i am cracking up at the thought of people not really quitting your gym but they're just lying to you i'm like you're like the you are the easiest person to kind of like be honest with like it's not going to be probably a pleasant conversation all the time but you were all about being honest it's really kind of funny to me that Whoa. they're just like oh i got a shoulder that i need to <laughs> i got a thing yeah and well, but it makes it sense happens, i mean i get it what i do with those people though because i know they're quitting yeah i go and i get i get their file out at the bottom of their file it has their goals and it has their obstacles and it has what makes them happy and i cover it i look at it real quick and say let's say it was uh have a you know their goal is to have a healthy back lose 20 pounds and be able to bend over without pain and then they, you know they're telling you that they're going to put their membership on hold and you go over those things and you're like so what's the deal here man like how's uh how's the back doing they're like oh back's great man haven't had a problem with it yet how's uh can you bend over uh pain-free yet and they're like dude not only can i bend over pain-free i can actually pick up weight and how about the weight like how's your weight loss going they're like oh i think i'm down like 30 pounds and i'm staring at these you know their their file uh, i'll i'll say like do you remember what your goals were and they're like oh you usually don't know it and i like i'm like here let me tell you and they're like oh I did it. And I'll be like, yeah, I think what's happening right here, you're kind of lost and you're thinking that you're not achieving anything to a degree. You aren't because you haven't set anything in place to achieve. You haven't set any more goals. You just achieved them all and you forgot about them. And, and because you forgot about them and you achieve them, you're now empty again and you have nothing else to work for because you haven't made the conscious decision that you want to work for something else uh, besides the things that you forgot about and did achieve. And generally speaking, we can kind of wheel those people back into the mix. And note to self, coaches know when you're lying to them. <laughs> it's probably a good <laughs> lesson. <laughs> coaches know. Right, unless you're like moving out of town. There's, yeah. yeah, they're like, yeah, <laughs> I can read between the lines here. <laughs> Sam, we're out of time. I'm so sad. Talking That's with you. Bogus. Is all, I, <laughs> <laughs> That's bogus. Did you just get back in town, by the way? You were traveling, man. Dude, it's been crazy crazy man i've been i've been out of town almost every weekend for about the past four months so it's dude, it's so weird i had, i got back home on sunday from new york and on monday someone asked me how new york was and i was like when was i in new york <laughs> when did like, that happen how did you know <laughs> and, and it's ha like been so when you travel a lot you don't know where you're at yeah. ever like yeah. all the time i'll be on an airplane serious part thing i'm nuts i'll be like excuse me ma'am where are we going like <laughs> You're like, like Macaulay Culkin and like I have I honestly have no clue where we just were and where I'm going 
and what my agenda is. It, airports are weird, man. They're like some sort of like, I don't know, it's black like a, hole. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy. the Twilight Zone. It's like you get in a little tube and then you, you like all of a sudden you're 2,000 miles away. Claire and I freak out about airports. It's just, it yeah. is bizarre. Do you have any good trips coming up? Uh, Do you know where you're going? <laughs> not, I don't know entirely where I'm going. Um, I know I have a team competition this weekend uh, with uh, with some members at my gym. Oh, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. I don't know. I'll just listen to my wife. And <laughs> I know. Her- she's like your scheduler. It's so cute. <laughs> let, let her direct me. Sam, thank, well, thank you, you so much. much. You have been thank so you. busy and we really, I know. really appreciate it. Doing the round two is just, we're so grateful and glad that you were able to do this. And yeah, hopefully guys, we can, can re- just, reconnect again in the yeah. future. Yeah, I was going to say, please don't ever feel like an inconvenience like that. That, that kind of, you know, breaks my heart. So. Oh. I just, know uh, it does, but I felt I felt horrible. I was like, yeah, in, I was in agony for days because I was like, no. no. That, there's no, there's no reason to, to feel like that. I know. And, You're the best, uh, and and absolutely, we can schedule one of these again another time. So yeah, we have a lot uh, more to talk about for sure. We we didn't cover everything on my list here. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Joy, once again, her I legal pads out. Little, we'll never do that. Never. never I know. I should just completely throw this out and not even go there. Well, thank you, Sam, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. And we wish you all. The best yeah absolutely love you guys thank you very much we'll have to talk with you after claire has a baby yeah, I'm so she can like three weeks yeah three and, weeks uh, and that thing's yeah. out of the oven huh yep but, god i hope so <laughs> it better not be more than three weeks where <laughs> i'm in negotiations with him right now yeah oh <laughs> man we'll, we'll be sweet to him and so hopefully uh he complies yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know i'm like totally. you i'll get you a nicer car when you're 16 <laughs> He has no clue what that is. Yeah, no, it's true. Whenever something fun during the day happens, so I'm like, see, you could have been here for that. <laughs> yeah, make him feel bad. Right. <laughs> Just, you know, trying to let him know that things on the outside aren't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Come on out. Uh, well, I don't know that we'll be talking, you know, before then. So just, I, I wish you the best of luck with that. Thank you. And just make sure you remember you were designed. I think we talked about that. You were designed for what it is that you're about to do. And that's something that I'll never be able to know or understand. But I think it's it's super badass what it is that you're about to go do here within the next couple weeks. Yeah, I actually it, oddly it, feel pretty excited about it. So we'll You see, should. You should, we'll man. It's, it's just, it's so cool. It, it would be no different than uh, just a quick little easy analogy with just i don't know some like seven foot tall like super fast athletic coordinated guy slam dunking a basketball it's right. just like you were designed to do that <laughs> right and like that's michael what you're phelps about, getting that's winning what you're gold about the to go do <laughs> yeah. you're about to go slam this is my dunk michael a phelps moment. basketball <laughs> it is it absolutely is and i think you got to be excited about it and yeah. i'm sure it's going to be pretty much scientifically proven that it's going to be the most difficult thing that you'll ever do in your life True. But but you are you are made for it. Yeah. And and, well, and a... that should make you feel good. Awesome, Sam. Well thank group you. Hug. We, yeah, big seriously, hug. Group hug. I know I feel like I need to give you a hug right now. <laughs> <laughs> big hug. All right, so all right. We love you. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. <laughs>